Hey all, it's Jesse. As 2020 draws to a close, think about what you're thankful for. Other than I'm willing to bet 2020 drawing to a close. What got you through the year? Odds are, if you're hearing my voice, public radio was one of the things. Public radio gave you accurate, dependable news about the election and the pandemic, information about local stories that matter to you. You got fun and fascinating interviews from shows like Bullseye. If you want to show your gratitude at the end of this year, consider supporting your local public radio station. Public radio stations really need your help right now, more than ever. And it's really easy to do. Just go to donate.npr.org slash bullseye and give whatever you can. And thanks. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. From MaximumFun.org and NPR, it's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. This week, we're doing something a little different, actually something very different. We're celebrating the end of the year by bringing you this year's very best in stand-up comedy. Sit back, relax, get ready to laugh. You've made it through 2020, and you've earned it. You're going to hear comedy from Dwayne Kennedy, Eliza Skinner, Andy Kindler, Aisha Alpha, so many more. It's all coming up on the Bullseye end-of-year comedy special. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. First up on our best comedy of 2020 special, Chanel Ali. Chanel is from Philadelphia originally, lives now in New York. She's appeared on MTV's Girl Code and hosts a Food Network series called Food Debate. This track comes from her debut record, which also might win the award for best album title of 2020. It's called Chanel Number no. 1, like the perfume. Let's listen. Now I'm in New York. I've been in New York about four years. I'm originally from Philly. Make some noise if you've been to Philly. Nice. It's good to hear. A lot of people ask me why I made the jump up from Philly. I always tell them it's because I realize comedy is hard. But you know what I should try? Poverty. (laughs) I think I need to challenge myself. See how bad I want this. Let me try paying twice the rent. See if that motivates me. It has. I rob people now. It's dimly lit in the back. I've robbed a few of y'all already. I feel nothing. <laughs> Which is how New York City makes you, you know? You gotta take those wins when you can. I don't wanna brag, I'm feeling very fancy tonight and not just because you all paid to see me, but also because I took an Uber black here. Okay. So you know I did not pay for that (laughs) Not me. Ladies, little life hack from me to you. If a man hands you his phone and offers to call you an Uber, treat yourself. (laughs) Treat yourself. We've been walking for a while, don't you think? (laughs) About time. I live in Brooklyn, in New York City. I take the train on the bus mostly, but every single time I get into an Uber, I'm always like, how does this driver not know that he's my boyfriend? I mean, you picking me up from my house. Now you're taking me to my comedy show. You just ask me how my day is going. You care about me. Come on, come on now. Don't front like we don't go together, Kevin. You come pick me up after the show, bring snacks. I moved up from Philly. Now I live in Brooklyn with three male roommates. So you guessed it, it is terrible. It's nasty on some days. It's very difficult to rent a room in New York City as a young woman, my God. Every Craigslist ad sounds like it was written by a hipster, Christian Bale, an American psycho. Just lists of unreasonable demands. Hello, welcome to my Craigslist post a little about me. I'm gonna do a thousand push-ups a day in the common area. I don't allow any carbohydrates in my household. I'd prefer it if my roommate 
was dead. <laughs> I got so desperate, so fired up, I wrote that guy back. I was like, well, is it 420 friendly or not, sir? <laughs> I got a lot of places to look at. Chanel Ali from her debut album, Chanel Number no. 1. You can follow her on Twitter at Chanel underscore underscore Ali. Now, from a relatively new comic, we go to a veteran, Kyle Kinane. Kyle's been a guest on Bullseye a few times over the years. He's toured a bunch, appeared on shows like Love and Drunk History. This year, he released his fifth album, Trampoline in a Ditch. It's his usual brand of comedy, self-deprecating, a little weird, and always very funny. I was traveling with the missus over the holidays. I kind of took a few months off of comedy, and I was out with the missus. We went to Europe, and I like I love traveling. I think that's a, you know great way to crack your mind open, see other some other cultures. I'm not good at it, in the sense like not that I'm like I can get on a plane and sit there, <laughs> but I'm not a good representative of America when I travel. <laughs> Because I still, as much as I want to think I'm cultured, I get to some place and then I always <laughs> something up. Like. So we went to Spain. And like, Spain's amazing with a gothic quarter and this architecture. And I watched a woman, she's walking her dog and her dog did something. And she started to yell at her dog in Spanish. And my first thought was, dogs don't know Spanish. <laughs> like, come on, lady, look at your dog. Dogs know English. That's what dogs speak. Dogs speak English, you dumb Spanish lady. Come on. You got a cat? All right, cat might be a little more continental. I can see a cat swiping through some Duolingo lessons, being curious about them. Cats are curious, and they might want to learn another language. Dog, let me look at the dog. Get more sensitive. Realize that. Like, you don't know, you don't know how you're going to develop. As a, as a human being. Like, you don't know what's gonna come. Because, like, I'll still watch, like, skate videos online, so I still am impressed by that. But now when I watch uh, any skateboard videos, I get sad when the security guard shows up to kick him out of the spot, because I know that they're gonna be mean to him. <laughs> and that doesn't touch down for everybody in here, but... There's enough 40-year-old dudes wearing vans going, yeah, we were real jerks to those guys. And they were just doing their job. Not the only one in my generation that feels that way, has some remorse. I did, I was, I, 10 years ago, I'd watch a video and I'd just be like, yeah, Toby, you got this. Nolly heel flip that 10 step. You're gonna get that shoe sponsorship and you're gonna go pro and I can feel it. That's what's gonna happen and you're gonna this narc, he doesn't know about dreams. He probably never even had dreams. This guy was born old, look at him. He's all Benjamin Button looking Hit him with your skateboard when you're done, because you're gonna have good lawyer money after this. You're gonna be rich, you're gonna have the kind of lawyer money to get you off, so assault this guy right now. And I'll watch that same video now, I'm like, Toby, you got no natural ability, all right? You're, you're, it's taken you 100 times instead of 10 times to pull it off. You have persistence, and I'll give you that, but you got no natural skill set, and you're landing all wrong. You're landing your knees, you're gonna wanna save those knees, because you're gonna wanna golf when you get to your 40s. I know, I know that sounds real weird. I know it sounds real weird, but trust me, man, that's where we all wind up, all right? They can still burn one, drink some beers, but you want to be able to walk through them links. You want to be an old in the cart. So save your knees, focus on your strengths. You're a great artist, maybe they'll let you design the bottom of the skateboards, but this isn't where it's gonna come for you, all right? Also, this guy's a retiree, all right? He's got no pension because the plant closed down and left him with nothing. He's making minimum wage, just trying to keep his model train dream alive, and you're being a right now. That's the truth of the situation. This guy's a veteran and you're being disrespectful. That's what's happening right now. Because I empathize with the model train guys more than I empathize with the skateboarding youths and I didn't know that was going to happen. You don't know. You go to bed GGL and you wake up Jimmy Buffett. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know how life's going to turn out. So stop acting like you do and embrace the change. Kyle Kinane from his album, Trampoline in a Ditch. 
it's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Next up, Samantha Ruddy. Samantha's based in New York, where she works on the TV show Full Frontal with Samantha B. She's appeared on The Late Show and has written for the very funny website Reductress as well. 2020 saw Samantha release her debut stand-up album. It's called Logging Out. Here's a bit from it. I just got health care. I'm very excited about it. It's very nice. Uh, I realized that people were upset about a lot of things about health care, but I didn't realize people were upset about such minuscule things. Like some people are mad that health care covers birth control. I just think that's so nuts because there's so many reasons to be on birth control other than just wanting recreational sex. Like I'm a lesbian, but I take birth control. Because I went to Catholic school and I'm still not like 100% on where babies come from. (laughs) Does anybody know if you get pregnant from a fist bump? (laughs) All right, see me after. (laughs) I did, I went to Catholic school for 14 years. 12 years as a student, two years as an undercover cop in my 20s. (laughs) I used to get in trouble for very dumb reasons. One time I got in trouble at school because I was making fun of substitute teachers uh, and I was doing it to a substitute teacher's face. And she called my mom, but I gave her a fake phone number. So when she hung up, she was like, that wasn't even your mom. That was just some random woman with no idea what's going on. I was like, I know. (laughs) That was my substitute mom. I'm trying to dress better. I never know what's appropriate to wear anywhere. The other day, I was wearing a shirt that had the F word on it, and a mom came up to me and she was like, you should take that shirt off because I don't want to have to explain to my son what that word means. And I was like, lady, if I take this shirt off, you're gonna have to explain a lot more than the F word. I'm not trying to make the evening news. frustrated with the news right now because I feel like the news is very passive aggressive toward millennials I've seen a lot of articles that are like why aren't millennials buying houses or how come millennials aren't getting married who's writing the New York Times my mom (laughs) I feel like I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and all the articles are just gonna be like it'd be nice if the millennials gave us some grandchildren Maybe it's time the millennials got on their own phone plan. (laughs) But I thought we were a family. (laughs) That was the plan. (laughs) When I was in college, I was a huge partier. We just used to get trashed on our front porch every night until one morning my next door neighbor came up to me and she was like, hey, my newborn baby doesn't appreciate you partying on your front lawn every night. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, You have such a lame baby. (laughs) Has your baby always been a narc? Cause he's bald and he looks like a cop, so. I can't party like I used to, I really can't. Last night I threw up but I only had three drinks after that. Samantha Ruddy from her debut stand-up album, Logging Out. One more comedian before we take a break, Alex Edelman. Alex is a New York comic as well as a TV writer. His debut album, Until Now, came out earlier this year. Even though live stand-up is his stock and trade, Alex has been keeping busy. Back in April, he was the head writer for Saturday Night Seder, a star-studded, entirely remote Passover event that raised over $3 million in pandemic relief. He is also, as you are about to hear, an inveterate, eavesdropper I was involved in a breakup recently and no no it wasn't my breakup (laughs) don't feel bad it wasn't my breakup I was at Starbucks and there was a couple sitting behind me (laughs) and I got involved in the breakup I was sitting there reading a book I was sitting there reading a book called For the Relief of Unbearable Urges, which is a really great book, but it's not better than hearing someone go, give me one good reason we shouldn't go out anymore, Michelle. And I was like, this can close. (laughs) 
And the whole Starbucks was like, is this a public breakup? We've heard the legends, but like, is this happening right now? And my first thought, I'm embarrassed to say this, my first thought was like, who breaks up in person anymore? Right, you stop texting, they go away eventually. But she was clearly the one doing the breaking up with, because uh, he said, give me one good reason we shouldn't go out anymore, Michelle, and she misheard him. Because he said, give me one good reason, and she heard, give me 35 reasons. <laughs> in a row, in public, as loudly as possible. And all of these reasons were variations on, you're not smart enough for me. She should have just said that. She didn't. She took a scenic route. He said, give me one good reason we should have gone more, Michelle. And she's like, you're not smart enough for me. You're not well educated for me. You're not mature enough for me. You're not emotionally mature enough for me. Taste of music is bad. Taste of food is like very, very, very basic. Your clothing is like, look at you. I can't remember the last time I picked up like a book or a magazine of your own accord. You're not intellectually curious. Your vocabulary isn't as extensive as I would like. And you're not very erudite. And you can see the whole Starbucks be like, he said one reason. <laughs> And you can see the poor guy, like, wanting to argue with her and be like, I am smart enough for you. But you can also see him thinking, like, what does erudite mean? <laughs> and this is where I stepped in. She said, hey, Kev, we should just be friends. That is a terrible start to a friendship. No good friendships start that way. No friendships start with someone going, hey, I never want to sleep with you ever again. Also, here's a laundry list of reasons in public that I think, like, you're one of the dumbest people I've ever met. <laughs> also, we should hang out sometime. <laughs> so I turned around in a crowded Starbucks, and I went, Ah, uh, he has enough friends. <laughs> And you can see the whole Starbucks stop live tweeting the breakup and they're like, what's happening now? <laughs> and the guy sold me out immediately. He went, Michelle, he's not with me. <laughs> and I was so caught up in the moment that I was like, Kev, I'm with you all the way, buddy. <laughs> and she still broke up with us. Alex Edelman from his debut stand-up album, Until Now. We're just getting started with the Bullseye end-of-year stand-up special. Still to come, Atsuko Okatsuka, Dwayne Kennedy, Rob Delaney, and many more. Stay with us. It's Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. 2020 had a lot of us rethinking our lives. 2021, Life Kit wants to help you make those changes, whether they're big or small. All this January, Life Kit will give you smart tips to think through your next decision. Listen now to the Life Kit podcast from NPR. Hi, it's me, Dave Hill, from before, here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's podcasting incident, with my old radio show, The damn dave hill show into one new futuristic program from the future if you like delightful conversation with incredible guests technical difficulties and actual phone calls from real life listeners you've just hit a street called easy i'm also joined by my incredible co-host the boy criminal chris gersbeck say hi chris hey dave it's really great that's to enough chris and new jersey chicken rancher des say hi des hey dave the Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it. Welcome back to Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. It's a proud annual tradition here at Bullseye, our end-of-year stand-up special, where we compile 2020's best stand-up records. And even for a year as rough as this one was, I'll tell you, friends, there are some great comedy records. Next up, Dante Powell, in a bit from his debut album, The Squirrels Get Fat. Dante's a stand-up originally from Bernice, Louisiana. These days, he's based in Des Moines, Iowa. He's been there for nearly a decade, and there are still things that surprise him about the Midwest after leaving the Deep South. Sometimes 
you guys don't even know how good you have it, and it pisses me off. Sometimes fall just doesn't stop. <laughs> guys, do you know how crazy that is to me? Fall just keep winter is coming, and fall is like, back up, G, I got this. You just... <laughs> I know it's December and January. I'm going to keep it at 50. I, don't you touch that thermostat. I got it. You just relax. And then when fall sticks around later into the year, my favorite thing in the world happens. Uh, it's a phenomenon I was not prepared for when I got here, but it has become uh, just the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. Uh, the squirrels get fat. Uh, you guys, you guys honest to God, take that for granted. Like, I tell that joke, and I leave a little space there, because I expect a standing ovation every time I say that squirrels get fat, but you guys just don't care. You're so used to it, it doesn't affect you the way it affects me. Like, I saw a squirrel so fat last year, it had to back down a tree. God, do you know how hard you gotta be going on squirrel snacks <laughs> before instinct and mother nature is like, whoa, 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 wait a, wait, 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 wait a second, squirrel. Hold on real quick. Before you go down that tree, maybe uh, all the blood it takes to operate that husky squirrel body is too much to have go rush into your little bitty squirrel head all at one time, and we need to readjust the way you've been going down trees. <laughs> You guys still don't seem to be on board with these squirrels like I want you to be. All right, let me, let me try something here. Uh, guys, I'm going to just open up. I'm going to share my heart with you. I moved to Iowa six years ago for a girl I was madly in love with, and she dumped me as soon as I got here. And I don't give a at all. Because I never connected with her the way I connected with that fat squirrel when I saw him flip around and twerk his fat squirrel down a tree. I was like, damn, squirrel, I think that's what spirit animal means. Dante Powell from his debut album, The Squirrels Get Fat. You can also check out what he's up to on Twitter, at Dante Powell. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Atsuko Okatsuka is an L.A. comedian. She's performed all over the country. She hosts a really fun game show podcast called Let's Go Atsuko. She also carries the rare distinction of having done a stand-up set during an earthquake. There's video of it. She walks onto the stage at the Ice House in Pasadena, and a few minutes later, the earth starts shaking, and Atsuko helps keep everybody calm while the earthquake passes. It is an incredible thing to see. Anyway, she's even funnier when the earth isn't shaking. Her latest record is called But I Control Me. Here's a little bit from it. Thank you. Uh, I just recently found this out. Apparently, there is another Otsko who lives in my neighborhood. Yeah. No, I just found out. Yeah, yeah. And we've never met, but I guess we frequent the same fitness studio. Um, and yeah, like we're both in the system. And I found out because the receptionist was like, hey, you know, there's another Otsuko who lives in a neighborhood. She comes here too. And I was like, oh, okay, well, she sounds lovely, you know? Uh, <laughs> there's nothing more I can say. Um, but some of my friends were like, there's another Otsuko in your neighborhood? Oh my God, Otsuko, what if she starts doing stand-up too? You know? What if she starts doing stand-up too? And I was like, well, then I guess I'll finally know how... Matt's feel and how Brian's feel and how John's feel and how Bill's used to feel, you know? Uh, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Are you kidding me? I'd be super stoked if another Otsko started doing stand-up. Then, finally, the onus wouldn't just be on me to be a funny Otsko. Like, we would share that burden together we would, it would be our struggle you know what i mean yeah no and and i can now sleep better at night too knowing that there's another person out there teaching people 
how to pronounce our names. <laughs> it's exciting, you know what I mean? It's exciting, it is. But then there's, there's always that friend that has to take it to 100, you know? There's a friend that just, she, she couldn't take it. One of my friends, she was like, oh She's like, another Atsuko? In your neighborhood, another Atsuko? You know what you need to do? You need to kill her. Like, what? No, no, I don't. Why? Why? Because I couldn't fathom the fact that uh, both of our parents had the same idea for a name decades ago. Like, that's crazy. I need to kill her. Plus, that would take, it would take a lot of work for me to even get to that, that mental space. Because I'm not even mad right now, you know what I mean? I'd have to, like, create enough rage in me. I'd have to convince myself, like, oh, no, not another Otsuko. You know, I'd have, I'd have to create enough rage in me, so much anger, enough so that I could come up with a plan, you know, and then execute the plan without getting caught. It's a lot of work. It would take a lot of work, you know, murder. And, and, and I've heard that about, I've heard that kind of thing, you know, that kind of sentiment, especially of unique names, like, oh no, not another candy, you know, not in my office, not in the same office I work at, not another candy, you know, I, I need to kill her, you know, that's crazy. That's crazy, no, like, if you, if you meet another candy, okay, this is what you should do, you should, you should band together and confront both of your parents about why they named you that. It's, it's now teamwork. You know, it's now teamwork. It's crazy. That's cra it's a crazy, like, territorial about your name. That's crazy. Like, my identity isn't in my name. No, it's in my bangs. <laughs> Obviously, you know what I mean? Right here, you know? <laughs> and you're like, whoa, Hotsko, now that you mention it, like, you do have such fierce bangs. <laughs> I know. Atsuko Okatsuka from her album, But I Control Me. Her podcast, which is very fun, is called Let's Go Atsuko. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Next up, Orlando Leba. Orlando has performed on HBO Latino's ongoing stand-up series Entre Nos, and he appears regularly on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Here's a little bit from his album, Adorable. Here's the ultimate, I'm soft, you know? All the guys, I'm gonna lose them here right now. Sports, not that into sports anymore. All right, some of you are with me, I get you. I'm glad you're with me. We could, all three of us can go and hang out at Panera Bread. We can form a support group. Oh, we don't like sports. Sports, total accident though, how I gave up on sports. Like before it was like, oh, you're not a Dolphin fan. You don't exist. I used to be that guy, right? But I was watching the Super Bowl two years ago. I'm watching the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm having the time of my life. Oh, go, right? But by accident, I hit previous channel on the remote. It jumped to a whole nother channel, right? And that's when I discovered this HGTV. Yo, anybody else seen this delightful network? <laughs> what a delightful network that is. I missed the whole Super Bowl because I got caught up in a marathon of Property Brothers, Flipper Flop, House Hunters. I was, I, was, I was yelling at the TV like it was a football game. Get the marble counters! Not those cabinets, that's not gonna add property value. What are we doing? What are we doing? Pick number two, it has a finished basement. I'm throwing stuff. Whew, I'm passionate about it. Then they hit me with their crown jewel. You seen their crown jewel on HGTV? This fixer-upper show? Some of the women just had orgasms. You seen this fixer-upper show? With Joanne and Chip in Waco, Texas? First of all, you could buy a house for $5 in Waco, Texas, according to Joanne and Chip, right? Joanne is exotic looking. You don't know what she is, right? 
They have little mixed babies, which is beautiful. There's always a goat having a baby in the farm. Babe, the goat is having a baby. They have a farm, Magnolia Farms, right? And who's the leader of the pack? Chip Gaines, which is this funny white guy that can fix anything. I swear to God, he makes me giggle every episode. Every episode. <laughs> Get off that tree, Chip. You're gonna break something. Orlando Leba, his album Adorable is out now. You can also stream a version of his set on HBO Max. He did an interview with Uproxx a while back where he talks more about HGTV and his love of Drew Carey. He's on Twitter, at HeyLando. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Dwayne Kennedy is one of my favorite stand-up comics working these days. He's based in Chicago. He's written for the CNN show United Shades of America for Arsenio, Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell, and many more. But if you haven't heard of him, Dwayne understands. He actually called his latest record, Who the Hell is Dwayne Kennedy? Let me tell you. Give it a listen. You're in for a treat. Anybody got cats? I knew I'd get something from the bride's party over there. Cats, now you're talking. Finally, some hard hitting. <laughs> Meg, wake up, he's about to talk about cats. I had a cat, because again, with the, with, the, with the vermin problem, I got a cat. You had to take care of the mice, and I realized I was better off with the mice. Because I, I didn't know cats were so destructive, right? They're destructive, man. This cat, it was, it was breaking dishes, broke my phone, because they was writing bad checks. And cats, I didn't realize, are insane, right? They're insane. I didn't know that. You ever see a cat? They'll be first. They'll be just one moment. They'll be chilling, just you know. Just chill. <laughs> and then they'll just they'll just stop and look, like they're getting transmission signals from Mars. What? Jump up and run for no apparent reason. All right. then they'll stop and look at you like, did you see what I just did? Am I out of my mind? I understand now why they don't have seeing eye cats. Because <laughs> you could wind up any place. Had to call somebody to come get, hey, can you come and get me, please? Huh? No, my seeing eye cat was supposed to be taking me to the grocery store, but uh, car alarm went off and uh, think I'm under a porch. Dwayne Kennedy, the pride of Chicago. His album is called Who the Hell is Dwayne Kennedy? It's hilarious. Dwayne is one of the best in the business. Go buy it. Next up on the Bullseye End of Year stand-up special, Rob Delaney. Rob is the co-creator and co-star of the sitcom Catastrophe, one of my favorite shows. He's also had a number of film parts, including a small but very funny and memorable role as Peter in Deadpool 2, according to our associate producer, Jesus. I missed that one. But if you know Rob for anything, it's probably his tweets. He is a genuine Twitter phenomenon. He's also one of our favorites here at Bullseye. When he joined us a few years back for an interview, he revealed the incredible biography behind a man that some people just know as the comedian that Twitter made. He published and tested his material at a time when most comedians were hesitant about posting their jokes on the platform. His following has only grown over the years. It's easy to see why. He has a new comedy special. It's called Jackie. The title of the album comes from the name of his beloved pet. As you're about to hear, Jackie is incredibly unique and very special to him. So listen, I, uh, I hope you can't tell by looking at me, but uh, I own a bearded dragon, okay? <laughs> I, 
I didn't want one. I feel like a beard, that's one of those pets, like a cockatiel that you use to like express your wacky personality. Like I feel like a bearded dragon should belong to like a Swiss electronic music DJ who's like, mm, after I drop all my beats, I go home and play with my bearded dragon. Like, ugh. Anyway, I didn't want one. And so my kids found out that those existed and they said, Daddy, can we get a bearded dragon? And I was like, no, under no circumstances. And uh, <laughs> then I don't know, I was out for weekend gambling or something and I came home and, and, and my wife had bought them a bearded dragon. And, um, and I was like, why did you do that? And she's like, let me tell you about what buying the bearded dragon was like. And she's like, okay, so you get the guy, first of all, he's like, all right, you gotta keep it hot all the time, okay? Because they're cold blooded. If it gets cold, it'll die, okay? So you need three different types of heat lamp. You need a heat pad that goes under its wood chips, right? You keep it hot or it dies. And then, okay, do you guys happen to know, does anybody know what bearded dragons eat? Locusts from the Bible, okay? <laughs> I thought that, we had eradicated those. And by the way, you know, locusts, they're not even the first plague from the... The first one is like, yeah, stub my toe. But then they're the ninth plague. They're the one right before the angel of death kills your firstborn. So literally God was like, what's almost as bad as having the devil kill your baby? Oh, a locust. And so... <laughs> So anyway, but the guy's like, you gotta feed it locusts all the time, okay? If you're not feeding it a locust, ask yourself, why am I not feeding it a locust, okay? You should be using one locust to push another locust into its maw. Like, you should like, you need to be covered in sheets of sweat as you stick locusts into every hole or it will die. So I'm like, so I tell the kids, I'm like, are you up for this? And they're like, yeah, daddy, we can do it. And they did, they honestly, they were great for about 23 hours and then, <laughs> Then they forgot that they had a beard dragon and it fell to me to take care of her. And um, I'm not ashamed to admit that I fell in love with her very thoroughly and very quickly. And, and her name is Jackie. And, uh, and I mean, we had, God, did we have a good thing. And uh, seriously, I mean, it's Jackie. <laughs> anyway, um, we'd had her for a while. And then uh, one day the boys left the door to her vivarium open. And uh, they also uh, left the back door to the house open. And so we all came home one day and Jackie was nowhere to be found. And we're all very upset. Uh, and so we're tearing the house apart. I'm like cutting into cushions, like looking for cocaine. And so, I mean, it's, we're turning the house upside down to find her, but we cannot find her. And uh, so I'm very, very upset, spending a lot of time in the fetal position. And uh, <laughs> after a few days, uh, the boys came to me and they were like, Daddy, do you think she's okay? And I said, no, no, I, I think what happened is when she first saw that the door was open, she probably got excited, you know? She probably leapt out into your room and played with some Lego and your little football cards and stuff, and that was nice. And then maybe she heard like a and was like, oh, what's that? Is that a bird? And then went and, and looked, was like, oh my God, the door to the world's open. And then like went out there, you know? And uh, that's probably when things started to go south. I'm gonna guess. At that point, you know, she's getting colder quickly, so confusion begins to set in, okay? Not long after that, ice crystals begin to form in her blood, cutting her apart from the inside. <laughs> and then soon after that, I'm gonna guess that she probably died in a great deal of pain and, uh, and went to hell uh, because of a series of choices that you made. <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay, cool. And they went to play football. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I was losing it. I was inconsolable. I didn't know what to do. It was terrible. And then, you know, the hands on the clock spun round and round and the pages on the calendar and all this. And so time passes and then a month passes. And so I'm starting to be able to like participate in life again. I'm experimenting with trusting people again and stuff like that. And then my doorbell rings and it's my neighbor who I hate. And I hate him because he's been doing construction for four years, okay? And it's not like, you know how you, if you have like a big construction place near where you work and it's just a wash of noise, you kind of get used to it. This guy's been doing staccato, atonal, John Cage. Like it's, it's, you can't figure it out. So it'll be like, bang! And you're like, Jesus! Like my nerves are destroyed from this and I can't stand him. Anyway, rings the doorbell and I open it and he's like, oh, hello. And uh, I'm like, yeah. And he goes, uh, you just buy me a chance of a package for me. And because uh, in this godforsaken country, if you get a package and you're not home, they give it to your neighbor and then they give you a little note saying, guess what? You get to make a new friend. And so <laughs> you, get, you get to know this person that you've been avoiding studiously for years. And so anyway, so I was like, yeah, here's your package. And, uh, and then he goes, oh, and by the way, you're not missing a lizard by any chance, are you? And I was like, <laughs> oh, do you have 
every little body. And uh, he's like, oh no, she's quite fine. She's in my back garden. And so I like pushed him to the wall and ran out and then ran through his house and into the back garden. And Jackie was like, what's up? <laughs> and it's freezing out. There's no locusts anywhere. And she's like, sorry. And I was like, oh, I can't stay mad at you. And I, I unbuttoned my shirt and pressed her against my breast <laughs> to feel my paternal heartbeat. And I'm crying and it's washing the dust off of her. I go into the house and I get some blueberries out of the fridge and I just chew them up and then I kind of ling them into her cute little mouth. My sweet Jackie girl, I love you. <laughs> I do, I love her. Honestly, like I'm having a great time with you guys tonight, but I seriously can't wait to go home and just put her, put her on my heaving chest and sing her to sleep. I love her. <laughs> Jackie. Jackie. Rob Delaney, Jackie, is the name of his new album. It's out now. His wonderful, wonderful television show with Sharon Horgan is called Catastrophe. You can find it on Amazon Prime. Even more with Bullseye still to come. Eliza Skinner, Andy Kindler, and Brandon Ash Muhammad. Stay with us. It's Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGivern. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. Hey all, Jesse here again with a reminder. We're getting to the end of the year. Now is a great time to support shows like Bullseye by supporting your local public radio station. They do so much for you and they're only asking for a little in return. Give what you can and do it now. Go to donate.npr.org slash bullseye. And thanks. At Planet Money, we are also grappling with what's going on in the world. We just don't know, and and you're still going to have to decide. So we call up economists like Emily Oster. It's like we're fighting the pandemic by having a bake sale or something. (laughs) I mean, all due respect to bake sales. (laughs) Listen and subscribe to Planet Money from NPR. Welcome back to Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. We're about two-thirds of the way into our annual Best Comedy of the Year special, where we play highlights from some of 2020's best stand-up albums. Next up, we've got Aisha Alpha. Aisha lives in Los Angeles, grew up in Canada, and was born in Nigeria. She also acted on Degrassi The Next Generation, so that's two things she has in common with fellow Canadian superstar Drake. Aisha's debut album is called All the Parts, and it's got a really sweet, funny story about how her parents met. But I think it's amazing. I'm like, my parents, like, they did suffer a lot of racism. My mom grew up in a small farming community in Canada with 190 people. She went to the big city and she met my father, who was a man who had just come from Nigeria. And at 19, my mom met my father. And six months later, they got married. And they are still married to this day. Isn't that amazing? Phenomenal. So I was like, I want to know what this love story is. I was like, Mama, tell me what the story is. How did you guys meet? She's like, okay, well, it's such a beautiful story. Um, I was at university. I didn't know anybody. So I went down to the gymnasium by myself to practice badminton. I was like, what? He's like, yeah. And I was like, so you went down to the gymnasium. You got a racket. You set up a net. You got a bird. You'd hit it over. And then what? You just run around like, good shot, Michelle. Like, pick it up every time. What's wrong? That's like a cry for help more than anything else. She's like, no, no, no. Then your father walked up and he was wearing short shorts and long socks and he had a big girthy mustache. And um, we played badminton and the next day we met at the quad and then, you know, the rest is history. I was like, that's beautiful. And then um, a couple weeks ago when I was home, she's like, you know, I had a couple glasses, bottles of wine and um, she goes, do you want to hear the real story? It's like, yes, I do, Michelle. Yes, I do. She's like, okay, so I was, you know, I was at university and I went down to the gymnasium to play badminton by myself. I'm like, really, we're not changing this part of the story. 
We're, we have a chance to change history and we're keeping it. Okay. That's on you now. That's on you. Uh, She's like, no, 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 and your daddy came up and we played and the next day we were gonna meet at Quad, but we didn't have cell phones and the Facebooks and all these things. I couldn't, you know, take a picture of him. So I went to the Quad, but I, I couldn't really remember what he looked like. I mean, I had never seen a black man before. So I went there and I saw a good looking black man. So I took his hand and away I went. And I was like, whoa, that's horrible. Like, don't ever tell dad that story. And he poked his head and he's like, it's okay, I was from Nigeria. I had never met a white woman. <laughs> this one took my hand, I went with her. You know, I was like... <laughs> I think there's still a white woman and a black man back in the day who think that they were supposed to be my parents and think they got stood up and I got stuck with these racist idiots instead. Aisha Alpha from her album, All the Parts. Next up, friend of Maximum Fun, Eliza Skinner. She's a fan favorite guest on my other podcast, Jordan Jesse Go. Always a delight when she joins us there. If you're familiar with our podcast, Bubble, you might know her as the voice of Annie on that fictional comedy show. She is one of the great musical improvisers in the world, an extraordinary freestyle rapper, and she's come and visited us a few times at Max FunCon. Needless to say, we are big fans of Eliza Skinner. Eliza just released her debut album, Regarding My Lovers. Let's listen. Dog people. Dog people are weird, too. You guys took that pretty well. <laughs> Usually that makes people upset. One time, one time a woman in the back of the room when I said dog people are crazy was like, No! I like to imagine she's still upset about it. <laughs> and she's like waking up in the middle of the night like, it's not true, is it? Bella Thorne, Gigi Tadid, my fur babies. <laughs> they are, dog people are crazy. I heard this lady, this lady called in to a radio station. She was like, I'm the lady with the dog that says I love you. And the DJs were like, all right, put them on. Put them on. It's a pretty good DJ voice. And she was just like, okay, Sprinkles, come here. Say I love you. Say I love you. Say I love you. And you just hear, ow, ow, ow. Ow, ow, ow. And I was like, Oh my God, that's what that woman thinks I love you sounds like. <laughs> that is so sad, right? Doesn't you have friends? Oh. I had a friend ask me recently, how many cats do you own? And I was like, one. And he was like, really? It seems like more, you should check. <laughs> I go, because well, I, I make fun of dog people? Because I got one cat, one cat, that's all it takes. One cat, and you're a crazy cat lady. Ah, oh, you got a cat? I bet you're lonely. I bet, you, I bet you're sad because you own a cat and keep it alive. I bet you look under your sweater, there's cats under there. You pick up a hat, it's a cat. <laughs> you're eating, eating yogurt, you're like, some for me, some for the kitty. Some for me, some for the kitty. You one spoon. <laughs> People love making fun of cat ladies. I think, it's, I think it's hack, but like, you know what? Go ahead, do it, make fun of cat ladies. Cause you know who does not give a f- what you think of them? Cat ladies. Are you a cat? No? <laughs> yeah, I don't give a f- what you think then. <laughs> I got treats in my pocket, so somebody always loves me. <laughs> and if I see a cat on the street, I have to stop and try to make friends with him, even though I mean, I got my own cat at home, but (laughs) OPP, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Other people's pets. (laughs) Regarding My Lovers by Eliza Skinner is out now. It's wonderful. Eliza also writes for television. She worked alongside my buddy Jordan Morris on the really funny space Muppet show Earth to Ned. You can find it on Disney Plus and watch it with your family. It's family safe, but actually really funny. 
It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. They say Andy Kindler is a comedian's comedian. That might be a little bit of a cliche, but a lot of Andy's work is actually about comedy. He'll point out the moral and professional failings of other comedians. He'll make jokes about his career, about whether or not he was happy with the last joke he told. It is postmodern, chaotic, and very funny. Anyway, 2020 saw Andy Kindler drop a new album. It's called Hence the Humor. It's an instant classic. Love Andy Kindler. Here's a little bit of it. Here's me starting a joke. I just came back last weekend. I want to tell you people that I don't get a lot of casting. I don't get cast a lot because of this kind of acting. Uh, a casting director threatened to sue me for acting in bad faith. I wrote that joke at three, reading the Johnny Carson book. All right, look. I just came back from the greatest experience of my life. I like the way that started. We have a clean. <laughs> I love to totally ruin something. That's why I want the start on that joke. Back it up, back it up. Take it again. You haven't heard it. I just got back from the greatest experience of my life. Perfect! I like that one even better. Perfect. Clean, direct. The greatest experience of my life, I just came back from it last weekend. No, that was wrong. So I had the greatest, and what it was, I, it was like, I, it was life-changing for me. I, I'll never be the same. It was the most important event I've ever been a part of. It was a hyperbole convention. <laughs> joke's over, joke's over, joke's over, joke's over, joke's over, joke's over, it's over! Oh, man. Oh, man, am I... This is not your father's stand-up act. This is not your father's iPhone 5. Why do we hate our fathers so much? We have to distance ourselves. This isn't your grandmother's spaghetti sauce. My grandmother made great spaghetti sauce. Forget about it. It's not hers. Goodbye, Grandma's spaghetti sauce. Hello, your spaghetti sauce. You know, uh, I believe it was the great philosopher Descartes who said, I think, therefore, am I right, ladies? <laughs> Thank you. I always wait seven, eight, nine seconds for that extra laugh to kick in. That's what I do. My wife and I, my wife and I enjoy watching The Real Housewives of various areas. <laughs> We like that, we like contest shows. We like more contest shows. We, I love it, we gotta have the voice. We have secret sauce, the X Factor. We got the thing with the voice where you turn around in a chair and we have another show where you're in a different city and someone tells you about the singer. And then you gotta decide. Then there's a one, is it sizzle or is it steak? Judges, what do you say? It's sizzle! Tonight on You Got It, Kid! Judges? You got it, kid! Tonight on Does He Have Oomph? He doesn't have oomph. I say he has oomph. He has oomph. America's Got Talent. How do you judge America's Got Talent? Oh, it's not America's Got Talent. A guy who uh, makes this uh, thing with his hands. Can't see that. Goes up against a woman who's juggling two jobs. Andy Kendler from his terrific 2020 album, Hence the Humor. Andy also hosts a podcast called Thought Spiral with J. Elvis Weinstein, another great stand-up. Go give that a listen. And if you, man, if you get the chance to see Andy Kendler live at your local comedy club when all this madness is done, oh, I insist that you do. It is one of the most fun things you could possibly do. Or you might just be befuddled by the entire thing. That's also a possible reaction, but I think you'll like it. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Next up, Michelle Balloon. Michelle lives in Philadelphia. On the road, she's open for huge names like Maria Bamford and Patton Oswalt. She's also appeared on many, many popular comedy podcasts, including Two Dope Queens, Comedy Bang Bang, and Doug Loves Movies. She's really funny, even when she's talking about very serious, scary stuff. 
like in this segment from her sophomore album, Permanent Hat. Um, I've, uh, I've been, I've been getting in shape. I'm getting in shape and, uh, and I've been doing lots of things. I've been, me I've been meditating, I go to therapy, I'm trying to get my <laughs> together, <laughs> trying to get my together because you get ready for this. You'll really cheer. Um, I'm trying to get my together because I want to control my health where I can because, uh, because, uh, two years ago I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, everybody, multiple, all of them sclerosis. It's a party. Air horn, air horn, air horn. I got it. You don't. Maybe you do. Let's. Don't want to call you out. Um, you have your MS on the DL. Um, I blast it from the rooftops. It's different. When I had it, everyone was very. When I when I when I got diagnosed, everyone was very supportive and they said lots of nice things. But I am very nitpicky about anything anybody says to me. And some people said some dad. And there are some people that would say stuff like, Michelle, Michelle, you're so tough. You're so tough. You're going to beat this. I'm like, uh, MS is incurable. Can we set a lower bar, perhaps? Maybe. I'm fatigued. Michelle, Michelle, you're so lazy. You love naps. You're going to love MS. I'm like, go on, keep talking. Michelle, you love excuses. You, don't, you can't make the, the school fundraiser because MS, nobody's going to say anything. That's right. I think I'm gonna like MS. That was uh, poorly sung to the tune of I Think I'm Gonna Like It Here from the musical Annie. So um, I just, it's, I have an ear for it. I have an ear for it. Sometimes when people find out that you're not gonna die from MS, they're like, oh, okay, bye. And then they just walk off. It's like, what? Come back. I got a progressive autoimmune disease and my immune system is attacking the myelin sheath surrounding my neurons causing irreversible damages. Where are you going? I deserve your never-ending compliments and gifts. I want them forever until the end of time. Until you die in an accident and I live forever with my MS. Um, I, uh, lots of people like to talk to you about a disease that you have, and I didn't like to talk to people before, and now I'm supposed to hear their smoothie recipes? I don't. Michelle Balloon, folks. Her new album is Permanent Hat. You can follow her on Twitter at Balloon, that's B-I-L-O-O-N. We're almost at the end of another Bullseye stand-up special. The Bullseye team listened to a lot of comedy albums this year. So many comedy albums to pick the best of 2020. And one of the great parts of doing that is that you discover some truly underrated and hilarious folks. Folks that you hadn't heard of. This year was no exception. Everyone in the office was buzzing about this comic. Here's a bit from Capricornication, the debut comedy album from Canadian comedian Brandon Ash Muhammad. My grandmother's from Trinidad, that's why I'm Trinidadian. That's how it works. <laughs> and she's very crazy. Recently, her pupils started turning blue and she got very excited about it. She was like, my eyes are turning blue. My eyes are turning blue. So we went to the optometrist. And she was like, doctor, doctor, guess what's new? My eyes are blue. <laughs> And he was just like, Brenda, you have cataracts. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. I understand why she's like that because she was raised by my great-grandmother who's also very crazy. Um, I remember in 2008 we got her cable because like Obama was getting elected or whatever. <laughs> Instead of her watching that, she watched BET Sunday Best and That's So Raven. <laughs> great choices, great choices. I remember during this period, she'd leave the weirdest voicemail every day at three, and we would hear beep, and then we would hear, this is the sound of God. 
Hallelujah, Jesus, Holy Ghost. The blood of Christ. Okay, love you guys. Bye. Growing up queer in a West Indian family is very interesting. Um, I remember when I was coming out to my family, I sat everyone down and I was like, guys, I have to tell you something. And they're like, what is it, Brandon? And I was like, I can't tell you. And then I ran away. Um, and I did that five times that day. <laughs> Finally, my mother was like, okay, Brandon, you're either gonna tell us you're gay or you're pregnant. <laughs> And my grandmother was just like, he looks like both. <laughs> Being black and gay is such an interesting experience because you're just always so uh, talented. Uh, <laughs> like think of every gay black person you know. At minimum, they can do the splits. I once did this joke and there was another gay black dude in the audience and he started laughing super hard and then I noticed he had crutches and I was like, what happened? <laughs> and what happened was, is he had hurt himself voguing while doing the splits. <laughs> and I was just like, yo, that is the gayest yet blackest way to hurt yourself. Like, y'all think bigotry is decimating my community? When also it's gymnastics. <laughs> a lot of gay people talk about how they were gay from when they were born. Uh, me? Not the case. <laughs> I was gay from before I was born. <laughs> Let me tell you about the prophecy. Okay, number one, my mom named me after a character from Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> Gay people get that. Um, number two, the first time my mom felt me kick was during a production of Cats. <laughs> Specifically during the Rum Tum Tucker. <laughs> he was a curious cat and so was I. Um, <laughs> Number three, my mom went into labor with me while at a Paula Abdul concert. <laughs> and so heterosexuality was never in the cards for me. But running the Paula Abdul fan page on Yahoo was. Recently, we did a crossover with Star Wars and we're now called um, Darth Mala Abdul. Brandon Ash Muhammad from his album Capricornication. During quarantine, he started going live on Instagram alongside comedian Andrew Johnston. Together, they just launched a version of their Instagram hangout as a podcast. It's called Sitting Up in Our Room. So, before we wrap up the show, one last thing. We hope you enjoyed listening to these albums as much as we did picking them out. And we haven't been talking about this much on the episode, but 2020 was a really rough year for stand-up comedians and the venues that normally host them. So, a request. If you liked what you heard, go and support these comics with your money. Buy their records. Don't just stream their records. Show your love by going out and buying a physical copy or paying for a download. And if your local comedy venue is asking for help, help them however you can. Together, we can keep stand-up comedy thriving into the future. Okay. I said that. I mean it. I hope you heard it. That's it. On to the credits. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California, where the guys building a house across the street from me introduced a machine that goes clunk, 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 clunk. It's great. Really brightens my life. 
The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our producer is Kevin Ferguson. Jesus Ambrosio and Jordan Cowling are our associate producers. We get help from Casey O'Brien and Kristen Bennett. Special thanks to everyone at Maximum Fun who listened to Stand Up Comedy Records for this week's special. We farmed it out to practically the entire staff. We're very grateful to everyone for pitching in. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, also known as DJW. Our theme song is by The Go Team. Our thanks to them and to their label, Memphis Industries, for letting us use it. If you want to hear the latest about what we are up to, you can keep up with the show on Twitter at Bullseye, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Bullseye with Jesse Thorne, and on YouTube, where we post all our interviews. I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.